Hey friends, it's Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, and I'm your host, Julia. And on today's show, Brianna Sexton of the Cup of Coffee podcast is here, and we are talking about Jess Mariano. Jess Mariano is boyfriend number two of Rory Gilmore on the cultural phenomenon that is Gilmore Girls. He is played by Milo Ventimiglia and was first introduced to Gilmore Girls in season two, episode five. But before we dive into our topic, let me introduce you to our guest. Brianna Sexton is a dog mom, podcaster, email marketer, and tea and French fry aficionado. When not working, you can find her dancing around the kitchen while cooking, making new tea blends, or enjoying the Washington rain with tea and a book in hand and a pup at her feet. Welcome to the show, Brianna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to hear. And also, um, I love this fun fact you shared with me about being um, a competitive and performance ballroom dancer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been dancing for, oh my goodness. Um, I got introduced through a program at the YMCA in 2008 and I did it in college and I had my first performance my sophomore year and I fell in love with just dancing and choreographing, choreographed a few weddings um, and helped taught that and teach classes for kids. And yeah, it's that is my therapy um, yes. for sure. I love that. Oh, that makes me so happy. I feel like dance fixes everything. So it makes me so happy when like someone actively pursues dancing. So just so for listeners, Brianna and I sort of uh, came in contact with each other because I was, we were in a group together online and I was a guest on her show and we just connected. And after that, after we were done recording, it was like, um, we have a shared love for this. You should be on my show. (laughs) And here she is. I love collecting new people. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fun. I love how the internet makes the world smaller. I know. Okay. So before we dive into our discussion, friends, I'm going to give you a quick summary of the Jess Mariano Gilmore girl saga. It's a couple minutes long, so bear with us, but it's going to be worth it. I promise. Jess Mariano is Luke Dane's nephew on that hit show we all love, The Gilmore Girls, which ran for seven seasons, and it stars Lauren Graham as Lorelai Gilmore and Alexis Bledel as Rory Gilmore. The mother-daughter duo for whom the show is named aired on the WB and can currently be watched on Netflix. In season two, episode five, titled Nick and Nora slash Sid and Nancy, Luke receives a call from his sister. She's clearly in a panic and asks her brother to take on her 17-year-old son. Luke agrees. In efforts to make it more welcoming for the nephew, Lorelai invites Luke and Jess over for dinner, where Jess meets Rory, thus sparking a new conflict in Stars Hollow. Rory still believes she's madly in love with Dean, but over the last 25 episodes, we have watched the Rory and Dean saga. And for me personally, it was a little painful as a bookish type, curious about the world and full of ambition. Dean's cranky attitude toward about Rory's Kirk's irritated me in an article written by Amy McLennan titled the moment everyone fell in love with Jess. She argues that this moment took place in Jess's very first episode. 
the scene where he and Rory are standing in Rory's room and he picks up Howl by Allen Ginsberg. It's in that moment the viewer can see that Rory and Jess are going to come together often and Jess is going to make Rory feel things Dean doesn't. He's brooding and mysterious, but really he's just a kid looking to fit in and be loved, though he won't make it easy for anyone who tries. For me at the time the show aired on the WB, I was in high school, they would have been my peers. And I think that's why I completely and totally favored Jess over Dean. Dean was a square and came off as kind of a bully at times and he didn't read. And for me, that's a red flag. Like if you're not a reader, we've got a problem. (laughs) Brianna, Brianna feels my pain. She's also a reader. (laughs) Clearly. Yes. By the end of season two, Rory and Dean have started to grow apart. In my opinion, this is natural when each person is on a different path in life. Dean becomes worried about and a bit clingy. By this point, Jess is flunking out of high school, which is ridiculous considering how focused he is when it comes to his reading and learning about non-school subjects. In season two, episode 19, Teach Me Tonight Teach, Luke asks Rory to tutor Jess. Lorelai is against it and Rory agrees regardless because she's a good kid. Rory and Jess are at Luke's diner and decide to get ice cream. Later, we learn the pair were in a car accident and Jess is sent back to New York. Rory, who has rarely done anything wild or bad in her entire 17 years, is now unsure of her relationship with Dean. And over the next few episodes, the audience sees her grappling with the events of the accident, her emotions about Jess, and figuring out what her next move for the future should be. This season two finale ends with Jess and Rory kissing in secret, which becomes even more complicated when Rory asks Jess not to say anything about the kiss. Season three opens with Rory being conflicted. Dean has written her quite a lot of letters while she is in Washington, D.C. We realize she hasn't made any effort to reach out to Jess. And when Rory returns to the hollow, she's brought back into reality when she realizes Jess has replaced her with a bimbo bottle blonde whose name I can never remember. I think it's Shane. I think so. I think so. It starts with an S. It starts with an S. I mean, we're not meant to remember her name, right? Like, that's not the point. (laughs) But in episode seven, titled They Shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Dean, fed up with his girlfriend's confusion, cruelly breaks up with Rory in front of the whole town. Jess later finds Rory confirming it's official so he can break it off with the other girl. It is now clear that Jess has been antagonizing Rory and Dean to the brink of break on purpose. And that's and that this other girl was just part of the ruse. By the end of episode eight, Rory and Jess finally have that long anticipated kiss, making them officially a couple over the course of season three. Jess's life becomes less idyllic while Rory's moves right on track to an Ivy League education. By the end of season three, Jess is left telling no one in search of his father. Season four, we find Rory is a freshman in college, living her best freshman life. Jess is still nowhere to be seen or heard from. By the end of season four, Jess is back. Dean is back and Rory's right back in the middle of season two with her love triangle and feelings. Though this time she chooses Dean, who is now married to a woman named Lindsay. In the season five opener, Jess is gone and we do not see him again until season six, episode eight, where he finds Rory a Yale dropout. 
by now off screen, Jess appears to be doing well, despite his high school dropout status. He's published a book. He's living in Philly and he seems more settled, less angry. He comes back again a few episodes later in episode 18, when Rory accepts an invitation to visit his publishing house opening. Once again, this is horrible timing for our fair couple as by now Rory is with Logan. Fast forward to 2016 and we find Rory and Jess in the Gilmore Girls a year in the life and it's clear Rory and Jess still have young, unresolved, hopeless romantic feelings for each other that due to complicated variables still have gone unexplored. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's get into our Jess Mariano appreciation discussion. There is no way to bring up Jess Mariano without the question of which Rory boyfriend was best. And since this is a Jess Mariano appreciation episode, we clearly have a bias. So let's talk about it. Why is Jess your favorite boyfriend of the Rory Gilmore boyfriends? Well, I think that he's, he's the boyfriend that I wanted growing yes. up. Yes. <laughs> like I, uh, so here's my thing with, with all three of them. Um, Dean is, he's that first boyfriend right where you're Mm. just trying to figure out and you're just like everyone has a boyfriend so I need a boyfriend and if I feel the butterflies then it must be Mm. Jess comes along and Jess is basically a foil character to Rory like they have their differences Mm -hmm. surface level but there's this intellectual connection there's this deeper knowing between the two of them Mm -hmm that is so tangible and then Logan just gets on my nerves (laughs) oh my goodness and he's the same character that he plays in everything so that doesn't help either Matt Zucre (laughs) but for me he is so anti what is Rory Mm -hmm. and his quest to not be what he's forced to be yeah I think he projects that onto Rory and like brings out the worst in her and like as she's getting in trouble and getting arrested and drinking and like all these things I feel like that is her moving so far out of what she is Mm -hmm. trying to be with him and Mm -hmm. I think even in that episode um what was it season three whichever one where where they went to the publishing where she went to the publishing she's yeah like, it it doesn't make sense I don't know why but I love him even though like I get it yeah I've, I've been in a relationship that was not healthy for me mm-hmm. but I stayed in it longer than I should have because I'm like I still love him you know yeah um but I think that Jess was there on a level of knowing that was so much deeper mm-hmm. than just like the cute pretty boyfriend or like the rich angsty what was grandma's name grandma would have loved him oh Emily Gilmore yes Emily like the Emily approved yeah rich Yale well-bred they said that a lot yeah I think that's what it is like he was so on her level yeah um and then just being like a super nerd and a reader and not liking the small talk as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's an Aquarius. Like, yeah. like there's, 
there's so much there right there yes so Jess is Jess is my favorite just because he is he's a well-developed character Mm -hmm. he's not one side or the other and I think that's the biggest thing yes you totally get that he's multiple that he is not a flat character because Rory calls him out in one of the episodes she's like answer me this you can make words, right? You know how to make a conversation, right? Like you and I have great conversations. Why is it when my mom shows up, you go monosyllabic? Like, why don't you know how to make words? And he's like, I don't know. I just don't feel like it. And I felt, I felt like that was such a great example of showing how he's in this sort of strange place, not just stars hollow, but too like, you know, his, whatever, whatever we think of Liz, the character, like that's gotta be hard to be 17 and shipped off somewhere that is completely unfamiliar to you. Like what, what, like, how does that's what, you know what I mean? Like, so he's probably just, and to go from a big city, like New York city to stars hollow, (laughs) he's allowed to be angry because that's stars hollow special. (laughs) Yeah. But like your mom just kind of like your mom basically says like, I can't deal with you go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, to have like that one person that's, that's supposed to be on your team, just kind of like let you go and Mm -hmm. then be in a smaller place where that is stigmatized. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And what's interesting is the difference between Lorelai and Liz. Like I kind of feel like, Jess and Rory have a lot in common because they both have a single parent and it's the female parent that they, it's the maternal parent they live with, but Lorelai is more grounded than Liz ever was. And so I feel like that's another like layer that they relate on, but we don't, but it's not, it's not a huge part of their storyline together, right? Like it's something that you just kind of put together like, oh yeah, they're both single parents And I think there's something about like, Ooh, do you remember the episode where she, Dean and Rory are at the book sale and like Dean's like pissed because it's been four hours and he's just sitting on the stairs, just cranky as all get out because he's like, we've been here forever. And then Gypsy's like, did you see this, the astrology section or the astronomy section over there? And she's like, what? And he's like, go look. Like, he's just so like unsupportive about her book love and that really made me angry like no you don't make her feel bad that she wants to look through a book sale for five hours like that's not okay um but I feel like if that had been Jess he would have been right there with her picking through books with her making recommendations or you know whatever and like there's something very romantic about having being a reader and then dating somebody who's also a reader. Cause then they get it. Like you're not having to justify why you devote time and energy to this activity. Yeah. And I think, I feel like it's a love language, right? Like having books and explaining that. So even if Dean didn't understand it, cause there's, there's a point and I think all of them say it at different parts where mm-hmm. they're like, this is boring. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, but they all do it in different things. So like with Dean, it's like books, this is boring. I want to go with Jess. It's parties. He's like, I'm bored. I don't want to go. Yes. And then with Logan, like anything that's not drinking, like, right. it's just like anything that doesn't involve him. Right. I don't, 
I don't want to do this anymore. And Roy's just like, but I do. Yeah. So I think that there's, there's that in different themes, but like if Dean was just like, go, like, I'll be right here when you're, when you're done, that would be entirely different Mm -hmm. than him just being like, oh my God, another book, another hour, another, um, yeah, but I can see how that's frustrating on his part too, not knowing how to communicate with her in that mm. way. Mm, good point. Yeah. Okay. I need to be kinder because that would, I would be the girlfriend who'd be like, I'm sorry, you knew what you signed up for. <laughs> like, you should know better. I literally buy books weekly. <laughs> I just got two today. Oh. I love that. I agree. I think they definitely fit better on an intellectual level too. I think, and I think that's largely in part because he's also a reader. So he's using his brain in a critical way. And there really is something that's special about that kind of bond. I get told a lot. I have a really good friend who's always, who I cry to when like things don't work out with relationships and like online dating and stuff. And she's like, or if I'm excited about somebody and then it ends, she'll be like, well, why do you think it ended? I'm like, I, you know, I just, she's like, because you got bored because they can't keep up with your conversations because they don't read because they're not challenging you on an intellectual level. And I was like, I mean, fair. (laughs) I've had, I have so had that relationship. Like, I think there was one guy and like, he was a chef. So like food is my love language. Mm. Like if you feed me, we are best friends for life. Like yes. just to start. Um, and so he was like taking me to this places and like painting. I love painting. I'm, I'm an artist. Like yeah. I just, I have to create with my hands, whether it's food or tea or whatever. So he took me to all these places, but we would have conversations and he's like, you make me feel really dumb. And I'm like, this is this, this, mm, I'm sorry. Like you're great. And you could make me gain like 20 pounds. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm okay with that, but like, uh, that's mm, sorry. This isn't going to work after all. I'm sorry, sir. Thank you for trying. But I'm going to like, I, I will hardcore personality type me as an Aquarius. Like I just, I don't do small talk. Like I can't, so nice weather we're having. I'm like, can you tell me your deepest, darkest fears yeah. and why, why you have the relationship with your family that you do yeah. Does that show up in your life? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's and I think even then Jess would be like, no, I'm not answering those questions, <laughs> but he would definitely engage in a conversation with you more than, you know. Pitter I mean, pattern. we can relate it to, to Tolstoy or Dostoevsky and yes. like, that's, that's totally fine. Like I could, yeah. I could have that conversation. And I loved, I loved how, um, in that first episode, no, it wasn't that first episode. Yeah, it was season two, episode five, when he called or when Rory called him Dodger. Yes. Like that's a whole language in itself Yes, to be able to, cause he was like Dodger. I'm like, haha, Oliver Twist. Yeah. Um, and then it took him a second. And then I was like, that is such a great parallel. Like there are a few things I could see differently, but for the most part, like I could see that. And so that, that language that they yeah. have is just fantastic. Oh, and I kind of want that. Like, I think that watching that and watching them sort of have that inside conversation made me want it 
because it was just so, I don't know, it was kind of romantic to see it going on. And no one really, no one else really knows what you're talking about unless you, they also know, but it's Stars Hollow. No one really knows, you know. You know what it reminds me of? Tell me. So their entire relationship is so Jane Austen. Mm. Just like the Miss, the Mr. Darcy, dark and brooding. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly what I saw. I just like, I, Mr. Rochester, Mr. Darcy, like all of the Austin guys that these ladies are attracted to, Mm -hmm. like they have that same, not bad boy characteristic, but like this misunderstood Mm -hmm. story that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. And it's uncovered only through having this other person there at the center of the story to discover them. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. And that's exactly Rory and Jess. That's a great point because she does get into his heart. She does get to the core of things. Like she does pull things out of him that no one else can, not even Luke, like no one can pull these things out of him. And here she is and here they are. And you're just, you see the vulnerabilities in him and you're just like, God, that's so you're one. You're beautiful. Jess Mariano, my love and Amelia, gorgeous man. And then to see him sort of melt around her. Oh, who doesn't want that? He wrote a book. He wrote a book. And thanked her for it said I would have done this if not for you like yes who doesn't want that I was hoping that in the year in a life they would finally get together but we all know how that turned out or if if you haven't watched it people listening if you haven't watched it then you don't know how that turns out but I'm gonna tell you right now it's not Jess and Rory (laughs) it makes me sad I would argue that Jess is Rory in some ways, because if his mother, I think I said this already, if Liz was more grounded himself, he might've also had a fighting chance to be in the Ivy educated world. I really think he could have handled it. I don't know if he would appreciate it. Maybe he's more of like an NYU type of guy, but I definitely think that he could have held his own on an, on an academic level for sure. Yeah, I like I will go back to the the foil like I believe that they are foil characters of each mm-hmm. other, which is also why they work together so well. Yeah, and that, that oh, one right. difference yeah. is is the reason that they went on such different paths, but they had the same realizations just at different times. Yeah, you did say that earlier. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Brianna, I'm sorry. I am like. My brain is fried. Apparently it's okay. I, I could probably pull out like seven different foils. Cause I'm like, oh, Luke and Jess are so alike. Mm-hmm. Like Rory and Jess versus Luke and Lorelai. Yeah. Are very parallel in their, in their situations mm-hmm. in their relationships as well. Um, but I think Luke's and Lorelai's ended a little bit more, yes. more cohesively to the viewership than, than did Rory and Jess yeah we could talk about Joey and Phoebe and how that didn't work out either we were all we were all rooting for it but didn't happen in 2016 we were all a flutter about the new edition of the Gilmore Girls universe pop sugar dropped a slideshow titled why Jess is undeniably Rory's best love interest and number six on this list is stolen glances that made you melt and you know what Becky Kirsch Kirsch 
Becky Kirsch, I think is how you say her name. You're not wrong. She doesn't listen to this podcast. Mama tell her she's 100% right. I always thought Jess was a better suited match for Rory on an intellectual level as we just got done discussing, but the bad boy style was just a bad setup for all of us in the real world because most bad boys were exactly that bad no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Whereas Jess had multiple redeeming qualities that he really only showed to Rory. What are some of Jess's redeeming qualities that sort of counteracted his bad boy style in your opinion? I think the biggest one is his awareness. Mm. And that even when he was hurt, his intention was never to hurt Rory. Like he held in his hurt and like everything he did, like, even if he made her cry, like when they were at the party and she's like, I don't know what I did. And like storms out of the room. The first thing he says is you didn't do anything. Like he realizes that all that anger was misdirected and he goes after her. Like, so that's, that's a big one is that he cares deeper than he shows. Mm -hmm. Um, but his goal is always to protect her Mm -hmm. in that. And I absolutely love it. Like, I know it's toxic at at some point because he deserves so much better, but, (laughs) but like just having that and knowing that, and he tried, like he, he went through what he needed to go through, like all the anger and, and, leaving and leaving Rory in that love to go write this book, right. To create this publishing company company to do the things that people told him that he would never do. Like he had to have that growth and he took it upon himself Mm -hmm. and then he could see it in others. Mm -hmm. Like he could call you out on your BS the same Mm -hmm. way Lorelai called him out on his BS. Mm -hmm. And with like all the deep and brooding and yeah. fu and um, so I think those are the the biggest ones that are his redeeming qualities. And I like hindsight twenty twenty, I can totally see it in my relationship. Like having done the the bad guy, the, the mm. bad boy things that weren't really bad boys, they just like tried to be very <laughs> successfully. <laughs> They're wannabes. <laughs> not want to be bad boys who are like super really nice on the inside oh like if you're not that person who knows them as that that's not what they show yeah so like super hard exterior but really deep soft Mm -hmm. complex layered inside like that's that would probably be his best redeeming qualities Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree because whenever anybody makes a plea for him to do the right thing, he does the right thing. Like, cause he's probably was going to do the right thing anyway. Right. But he needed that little nudge from somebody to remind him like when Luke's toaster breaks, like the big toaster breaks and Rory kind of calls out Jess for not like being more helpful. Mysteriously, the toaster gets fixed. You know, Luke's been struggling this entire episode with fixing the toaster and he can't do it. And then suddenly the toaster's working 
And you really, you put it together, like Jess did that for him to try and make his, you know, help a little bit. I mean, just little things, you know, when Rory had struggled with those sprinklers and he runs into her and she's soaking wet before they get together. And he like goes just immediately into problem solving mode for her. Um, that was really sweet. And he's just very thoughtful as well, which I really thought was a wonderful quality. Cause sometimes bad boys aren't thoughtful because they're only thinking about themselves, And I loved that. I loved that he was very, I don't know, considerate. I loved it though. When Luke, remember when Luke goes and watch it, reads all the the self-help books about love and then gives them to Jess to read. (laughs) That's awesome. I don't remember that, but I was thinking about, um, like the, the blurbs, like the things that Jess does. And one of the things that I absolutely love is that he never pushed boundaries. Like I know you were you were talking about how um, he kind of pushed Dean and Rory mm-hmm. away from each other. And I really, I really don't think it was that. I think it was it was enough of a catalyst. <clears throat> but I don't think that he was necessarily perpetrating it. Cause if you ask him, oh. or like if you realize he's like, even with Logan, like, he's just like, I'm just the friend, like, Mm -hmm. he's, he's all the way back, and um, when Rory's like, I'm with Dean, he's like, is your boyfriend, like, clear boundaries, like, is this something that I can touch, is this something that I can't touch, like, I'm not, I'm not coming near you, yeah, and getting in the middle of that, in, in the relationships, yeah. Now that I think about it a little bit more, he was more antagonizing towards Dean than he was Rory when it came to their relationship. Like everything he did wasn't about Rory. It was about just irritating Dean. Like the basket, remember Tisket a Tasket basket episode where they bit on a basket. Some of the stuff that happens in, in stars hollow. I'm just like, it'd be interesting if this was like real. <laughs> like been on my basket buy a date with me with for you know whatever basket food basket and I would be 100% Lorelai in the sense that there'd be like expired food in there because I don't keep groceries in the house like I buy my food daily which is why I will not survive in a pot in an apocalypse and also why I panicked a little bit about when the world shut down because I was like I don't have food for four days (laughs) I have food for one we all need to just in our lives we yes yes we do and I just love that so much as the baggage though yeah but I love that by the time we see him again in like the later seasons even though it's briefly he's definitely come to grips with it and he's definitely like doing a lot better and is clearly healthier you know being a teenager is hard just in general and then you add in the fact that your parents are those two people um so and then by the time we see him in a year in a life, I'm just like, oh, I just want them to be together so bad. I think that they finally were in a place. I mean, they aren't, but you know, it felt like, is this the time they're finally in the right place to be together? <laughs> no, but still I want it. Uh, and how do you go from Jess to Logan? First of all, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I feel like she just needed something that was so not. Yeah. He's completely the antithesis. He's like, he's like, he's like the book. He's a book reader, but not in the same way that Jess was a book reader. Right. Like he's more into like nonfiction business kind of shit. And he's like 
a philant whatever so he's got that part of him and then he's you know oh my god it is painful to me to watch the dean and rory kissing scenes because i feel like i feel like dean looks like he's a bad kisser i was watching um gosh was it was season three i don't remember which episode it was i think it was 19 18 or 19 okay um it was the same episode where she went to the publishing house but she was like mad at him and um wrote his essay or wrote his his um his line his byline for on textbooks or something oh uh-huh. but like the fact that like Logan went in like grabbed her for a kiss like it wasn't like she prompted it it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was a mutual thing mm-hmm. like there was there was gross tension there and I'm like that felt so forced and it looked weird and that was just ugh. yeah yeah <laughs> but I have I have my own I just I don't like Logan I don't like I don't like his character. He plays the same character in everything. He was the same in The Good Wife. He was the same on, what was it, The Resident? Like, ah. Oh, yeah, The Resident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's the same person. Because you know how they were going to do a spinoff? So you know how he goes to Santa Monica or uh, Venice to go visit his dad in California and all that stuff at the end of season three when he just disappears from um, Stars Hollow? That was kind of like a soft pilot situation where they were going to do a spinoff show with him and his dad in California. And then they ended up not going through with it because it's very expensive to film, especially in Venice, California is one of the reasons I think there might've been other reasons. And I kind of wish now it had happened because I think out of all the characters and the character growth we see, he has the most character growth, but we don't see any of it. It's all done off screen. It's true. I think Luke did a lot too. Mm-hmm. I I think Luke went through a lot. I mean, between just being Luke at the diner to yeah. being Luke, and now I have to take care of my my nephew. To mm-hmm. Luke is a dad that he yeah. just found out that he's not, and then getting getting married. Like he's mm-hmm. still like gruff he's Luke right yeah yeah but at the same time like you see him go through these different stages yeah um as like a a parent for lack mm-hmm. of better words mm-hmm. in in all of these and that just adds layers to Luke but yeah, yeah. especially considering how much uh, they emphasize how much he hates kids <laughs> keep throwing him in situations where he's got to be around kids <laughs> I know the soccer team. Oh my gosh, that episode was so funny. I don't want to coach soccer. That's not what they were asking. Like he wasn't even listening to them. Uh, and then to find out they were like super violent. I know. And then at the end when he's like, I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, that's a great show. That's a great episode. In season three, episode 19, Keg Max. That's what it's called. <laughs> Lane's band has their first gig at a house party and every teen in Stars Hollow is at this party, including Dean and his new girlfriend, Lindsay. Jess is deeply emotional, but channeling it in all the wrong ways, as you mentioned earlier. And he and Dean finally, finally have that physical fight the fandom has been anxiously anticipating since Jess arrived in the Hollow. 
let's let's talk about it the fight is clearly about rory right i i think it's clearly about, clearly about rory but i also can't help but wonder how did that make Lindsay feel because Lindsay, so for listeners friends at home Lindsay comes in after rory and dean break up Lindsay's like dating dean but it's like awkward because like rory doesn't know and like all these things and then she finds out at a hockey game and that's the same night that jess or yeah that's the same night that rory got stood up by jess and then they're just having this weird interaction because jess is just having a hard time because his mom doesn't want him and his dad randomly is showing up places but that night when jess and dean fight rory's like stop it stop it stop it and Lindsay's just just there she's just there so let's talk about the fight and let's speculate on what we think Lindsay was feeling. Uh, so I, I watched that and I think the, the impetus, like the, the starting factor was not what Jess said coming down the stairs. Cause right. he's like, of course, but I think Dean threw the first punch because he felt like Jess had done something wrong to Rory Mm -hmm. like it wasn't it wasn't just the tears it was the fact that they both came out of the bedroom and like Rory came down in tears and she said nothing Mm -hmm. so his first his first objective was to avenge Rory right because he's never stopped loving her like sorry Lindsay I understand that you are now dating Dean but Dean clearly is still in love with Rory and I feel like this fight was that was that saying like he's never stopped loving her yeah I mean yeah I can I can see that I meant more just like like from that perception of events gotcha Gotcha. Um, I think that's what that was but I think Jess coming back like hitting him back that first mm-hmm. punch was a culmination of along with everything that he had going on and then being told he can't take his girlfriend to prom because yeah because he was flunking out so like there was there was a whole lot of self-talk and then he he knew that he didn't do anything wrong and he went to go apologize and the first thing that he comes down to is Rory with Dean, mm-hmm. Rory finding comfort in Dean. Mm-hmm. I think that just like set him over the edge as far as like, he yeah. loves her so much and for him to go or for her to go to him. Yeah. Like that was just, that was icing on the cake. Yeah. So I think it was more of just like a projection of like, I'm not enough for the people that I love right right because that's what he's dealing with since he got to the hollow but dean's face is just like everything that those actions had um and i think that's why rory couldn't stop it like it wasn't one of those things where both of them were like men enough to be like we both love her yeah like i get it like that's it like it was just they had to to duke it out yeah for all of the all of the years that they had been in that situation. But I don't, I don't think that either of them was in, in, in the entirety battling for Rory Mm -hmm. and for her love. Mm -hmm. I think that there was, there was a lot of other things that they just kind of projected onto themselves Yeah, or onto the other. I can't, again, I go back to, I can't imagine being in Jess's position, being told that you're going to, um, basically have to repeat senior year which 
should be the easiest year you have if you've like picked all your courses correct, or at least I'm I, okay. Correction. I shouldn't make a generalization like that. For me, it was the easiest year I had. Cause I got all of the classes that I needed that sounded like they sucked out of the way first. So that way I could have an easy senior year. Um, but to also meet Rory's expectations, like she has a very clear expectation that she wants to go to prom and she wants to be like a couple of things and to be in a relationship with him. And he's, I don't think he was ever intentionally trying to let her down. I think that, you know, like when he stands her up and they like, he's like, Oh, I'll call you, but then doesn't call. Cause also he's working two jobs. He's working at Walmart, which that episode when Luke finds out he's working at Walmart is hilarious. Um, but he's working full-time at Walmart and he's dropped out of school, but we don't know that he's dropped out of school until I think that episode that you're talking until that point when you're talking about how he can't buy, um, prom tickets because he hasn't been at school. And that's the other part of that episode too, where Lindsay's like, Oh, you used to go to our school. And Rory's like, he still goes. And Dean says, does he though? Or I haven't seen him or something to that effect. So there's, there's a lot of like, unintentional dishonesty because Jess doesn't know how to deal yeah yeah I I see that and I think watching it the frustrating part for me is that the principal was so far against helping Jess like so far into his perception of who Jess was Mm -hmm. and why that even if he said like I can catch up. I can do the work. Like he's like, Oh, well you missed the day. So yeah, there was no discussion to be had there. Cause he had already had this belief and it was like cemented in his mind mm-hmm. that Jess just was, I don't know who said it was going to be like, Luke said it, the kid in the back of the class, like 20 hour, 20 years later with the beard. Yeah. And great all over again. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that was the most frustrating part for me. Um, but having coped the way that Jess does, mm-hmm. like I, I, uh, it just, it, it frustrated me because I'm like, he's doing all the things that he can and he's trying to do the best that he knows how, the way that he knows how. And he's in that process, mm-hmm. unintentionally hurting the the one person who actually can get him out of that yeah so that was that was just like a sucker punch and I wanted to be like really Dean really like go somewhere go with your girlfriend goodbye (laughs) go somewhere else Dean nobody likes you actually there are a lot of people that like him and I don't get it (laughs) he's the pretty boy he's he's the pretty first first crush that people want I mean I appreciate how tall he is (laughs) me too (laughs) like yes you're six two cool that means you can reach the top of the refrigerator for me that means you can get all the shit that, why did I put all that stuff in the top shelf I can't reach it I don't know how it got there <laughs> like you can reach that for me great but I just feel like I just feel like he was sort of measured and then blow up better and and that was that's hard for me to watch because I've been in relationships like that and I don't like it he argues in a way that feels like he's not listening to the other side. Like he's not actually having a dialogue. He's just angry and is going to push you and give you unrealistic ultimatums. Maybe I'm projecting now, but he just, I hate, I just, I hate that. I 
bottom line, I just hate that shit. Don't hold on to it so much that you have to blow up in front of me, blow up at me in front of people. That's rude. That's disrespectful. Our dirty laundry doesn't need to be aired out on the dance floor at a fucking fundraiser. If you're mad at me, yes, let's have words, but not in front of everybody. Like, that's just, I don't know. I hate that. I hate that feeling. I hate watching stuff like that because it brings those memories back for me. I know Gilmore Girls is a lighthearted show. I just like went there, but (laughs) yeah, I'm pretty moments. It's, it's, it's a thing when he, when he did that, when he does it for me, he keeps, he used the words. He's like, I'm sick and I'm tired of it, but he did it like right in front of Jess. I'm like, you just gave permission. You just gave ammo. Yep. Everything that he said that he was like, tired of and he didn't want like he had so much time to have these conversations with mm-hmm. him. I also don't like the way that Rory was just like super fixated on Jess mm-hmm. like I get 24 hours of tiredness your your best judgment is not there <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like she literally just drilled mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. She's like, oh my God, he's kissing her. Oh my God. He's like, there was, there was no presence in the fact that she was with Dean. Like, mm-hmm. so I could, I can see his frustration. Cause yeah. I, have, I have been in those moments where I'm just like, if you're in that relationship, go be in that relationship. Yeah. Like yeah. that was, that was literally what I just told my ex. And, and I didn't realize until the day when I went on to Netflix, I'm like, I, I don't want to see her name. And I didn't realize how angry I was about it, but that's my own stuff. Yeah. That's my own stuff. But at the same time, like, I think that she was in the wrong in that moment Mm -hmm. to, to like show her super fixation on somebody who wasn't there rather than having that conversation with herself yeah. or even with her mom to say like, maybe it is Jess. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what I should do with Dean instead of keeping up the appearances of that couple that was Dean and Rory. Yeah. You're not wrong there, but her mom gave her plenty of opportunities to admit that she might have feelings for him and she didn't take it she kept denying it she kept saying no no no, i'm with dean i'm with dean we're together we're with dean and then that final scene in season two or three whenever it was when they have you know they secretly kiss at suki's wedding there's something about the way that when she does sort of admit to lorelei that she and jess kiss that lorelei like i feel like Lor- i feel like rory felt attacked by Lorelai and got super defensive and I don't know if there was a better way to handle that because that's shocking news to learn three months later (laughs) um but again I think that if Dean instead of have sitting on the doorsteps foot you know um porch steps waiting for Rory to come home and then saying to Lorelai she likes Jess doesn't she I think that should have been a conversation he had started with Rory. And then, I mean, then we wouldn't have the TV show that we had. Love's hard. I feel both sides, especially with, with my ex. Like, I'm like, our relationship was like a foot out the door yeah. before we got married. Like, yeah. and in hindsight, I can see that. And like all of these other conversations, like seeing it with Dean, I'm like, yeah, she, she did you dirty. And I don't think she, I don't think, 
throughout the show that she learned that like it, mm. it never was a conversation that she had even when she kissed Jess and she's like oh I don't know with my emotions and between all these people and I just I'm sorry I didn't mean and you deserve better but I don't think that that realization came that within all of these relationships mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't it wasn't the other person that it was always her yeah and that might have been because of the relationship that she had with her dad not being able to commit to that kind of relationship in a way that was vulnerable and secure. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is hard, man. I admire people who can do it. One of the things that I always say is um, it's a decision of practice and a process. Mm-hmm. So for, for me, um, even in like having conversations online or having conversations with my ex, I'm like, I can see where like, if, I'm hurt or if I'm in the middle of my hurt, like no words, like I am the most terse I can be, but there are also some times where I have enough space or I give myself enough grace and I'm like, okay, this is the space that I'm in Mm -hmm. and I'm welcoming you into it. And this is what I need. This is what I don't need. This is what I don't want from you. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I need someone to come into this space and to do it in a way that will help me mm-hmm. to, to create trust and safety in this container. Yes. So that's what that is. And I feel like we got away from our feelings for Lindsay, but <laughs> we did whoopsie. Well, I guess in a way, Lindsay. like roundabout way, like I've, so I've been in positions where like, I don't know if you know much about the story about Johnny Cash. Um, there was a biopic in I don't know what year it was with Reese Witherspoon, Joaquin Phoenix, where they portray um, John and June, June cash. And they have this whole early segment with his first wife. And I just remember thinking, I am. So the first wife, he like, there was this very clear line that you thought you were supposed to be with me and to do all of these things. But then at some point you probably already always knew, but at some point you realized it and was like, I'm out but then like kind of got out in a shitty way to relate it back to Lindsay. She's kind of the opposite of that. You know, she's not June Carter cash. She's Roseanne cash and she has to, or Rose, Rosanna, whatever his first wife's name is. I can't remember off the top of my head. So she has to sit through this relationship and watch her person be in love with somebody else. And that's, you know, so I can, I feel that for her. I just throughout the whole, it just made me hate Dean more. All the shit she put, he put her through. It made me hate Dean more. Cause I know what that feels like. I think that I am on the precipice of, or while going through this, like mm-hmm. divorce breakup process, like in all of its fun, realizing how important relationships are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and, and what that means. So like if we can set expectations and we can have those boundaries and, and we are clear on all of those, Mm -hmm. that is the most important, but also creating space together. I'll say it that way, creating space together so that I can have my safety Mm -hmm. 
and then include other people in it. Yes. So 100% heard safe, loved. That is my responsibility. And I know it, but I, I want to take that atmosphere and like add electrons to my cloud (laughs) and create an element. No, wait, create an atom element. Elements are the forms. Listen, compound that works. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's together. It has to be chemically separated. Like, yes. I don't, that's what I want. Yeah. I don't disagree. There's a reason why I want my life to be a buttoned up hour and a half rom-com because that feels, it feels like that <laughs> though. Jess has its faults and we could certainly do a whole series of Jess analysis on its own, but that's not the point of today. The point of today is to discuss our appreciation of Jess Mariano, his beautiful face and his sexy mind. Oh, his mind. <laughs> oh my gosh, Brianna, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. This was uber fun talking it relationships was- and psychoanalyzing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all the things. Oh my gosh. Can you will you um tell everyone where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online? Absolutely. Best places to find me. Um, are on my website, briannasexton.com. That is I-A-N-N-A. Um, Sexton exactly likes it like it sounds. We're just going to leave that there. Um, <laughs> or you can find me on Instagram at briannasextoncopy. And those are probably the two best places to find me, find anything about me, um, and then have a conversation. I love having conversations with tea, water, wine, what have you. Wonderful. And listeners, I'll link to her website and her social handles. So it makes it easy for you to find her as well. Um, as always, you can find us in between episodes on Instagram at pop culture makes me jealous. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit that like or subscribe button. So you never miss when we drop a new episode. Thanks again to Brianna for being here. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. Uh, One day we're going to actually get together in person since we're in the same time zone. (laughs) Yes, Yes, indeed. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time.